I think that's like super important to have just great people around you to train with, mm-hmm. um, especially brothers. You know, you can be, you can say whatever you need to say to each other <laughs> and uh, no feelings will be hurt. But um, not just that, but, you know, um, those two years, junior and senior year, again, we were still like, I think I weighed 150 pounds um, and I wasn't ready to lift heavy loads. So um, what Scott had us do, we modified everything back. You know, I don't even think I had muscle ups down at the time. And we just cut everything back. And he said, I don't care how light you need to go, but I want you to kick my butt in every workout, um, which I think was... <laughs> you guys, I'm sure we're happy to do. <laughs> Absolutely. This is episode number 106 with Saxon and Spencer Panchik. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Hello there, and welcome back to Pursuing Health. In this episode, I got to sit down with twin brothers, Saxon and Spencer Panchik, who, along with their older brother, Scott, have become something of a CrossFit dynasty over the past few years. I loved having Scott and their father, Dave Panchik, on the podcast way back in episode 18, so I was excited to hear from the two younger twin brothers, who've now made their own names as CrossFit athletes. In 2018, both finished in the top 20 at the highly competitive CrossFit Games Central Regional, and Saxon went on to compete at the 2018 CrossFit Games alongside his brother Scott, ultimately finishing in 19th in his rookie season. Saxon and Spencer also recently opened their own CrossFit affiliate called CrossFit Cliffside in Warrensville Heights, Ohio. In our conversation, we talked about the details of a near-deadly childhood hiking accident that both Spencer and Saxon experienced, and how their recovery from multiple serious injuries led them to focus on CrossFit. We also talked about what it's like to compete against and alongside family, their thoughts on the 2019 game season and what they're doing to prepare, as well as what it's like to make the leap from athlete to affiliate owner. Before we get started, there's a few quick reminders. First, this episode is produced by CrossFit Beyond the Whiteboard, the best workout tracking in the biz and the one I've been using since 2009. You can learn more at beyondthewhiteboard.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a rating. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. So if you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. Finally, please remember that although I am now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So with that, let's get started with episode number 106 of Pursuing Health featuring Saxon and Spencer Panchik. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm super excited to be here with Saxon and Spencer Panchik, and we are in their brand new affiliate, CrossFit Cliffside. So thank you guys for sitting down with me. Thank you for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. Awesome. So actually, your older brother, Scott, and your dad were on my podcast previously, and I think I opened with a question of what was it like growing up in the Panchik family? <laughs> so I'd love to hear your perspective on that. You want to start? Uh, yeah, I'll start. <laughs> I guess um, it's kind of why we're in CrossFit because, you know, CrossFit can be known for being super competitive. Mm-hmm. And um, growing up, that's just how our whole family was. Okay. You know, whether it was playing board games at the house or pickup basketball, you know, we tried to play every sport that we could. And, you know, we were always pushing each other to be better and, um it was great having older brothers. I think it was best being the youngest Mm -hmm. because we were always trying to compete with our older brothers and our older sister. And, um, you know, that just pushed us to be a lot better and, you know, sorry for them, but, you know, (laughs) especially the older ones, they they didn't have anyone kind of above them that could push them. So, you know, um, we were pushing them, um, and everything and they were pushing us. So, you know, I guess you could say everything was always competitive growing up. Yeah. I'd say the same thing, just Mm -hmm. very competitive and, we always had, since just being the youngest, always having somebody that kind of chase after and mm-hmm. um, just kind of making shoes for us to kind of try and fill in and mm-hmm. um, hopefully kind of grow out of that and kind of go down our own path. Yeah. So how is, can you go through the siblings and like 
what order everyone's in in terms of age yeah so we're actually the youngest the ones youngest. okay yeah and then um my sister mm-hmm. and then i have three older brothers okay uh steven scott and then we have one one older brother that is uh sean and he's the only one that doesn't live in ohio okay darn <laughs> <laughs> i struggle so, with ages too <laughs> yeah so sean is the oldest yeah sean's the oldest and then steven scott then, then scott, scott and then, then steve yeah. okay. so sean's 32 scott's no sean's 34 he's 34 see <laughs> time flies <laughs> i'm 22 <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome and so you guys are the youngest and and are sean and you said scott right yeah um all right no so you said sorry sean then scott then steve yeah and are steve and sean into crossfit too um steve is and then uh sean he does it a little bit he's, okay. a, he's actually a state trooper out in uh, oh. pennsylvania so he just likes to be a little bit bigger and kind of look the part a little yeah. bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, that's awesome. And then as you were growing up, what sports did you guys gravitate to as you got towards like middle school and high school? Um, so yeah, so um, I guess that will kind of lead into, you know, CrossFit. Yeah, because uh, so yeah, you started so young. <laughs> yeah, so um, growing up, my dad had us in the gym. We were doing a lot of bodybuilding, I'd probably say, okay. like when we were eight. And uh-huh. even before that, he had us doing that. <laughs> It was like functional bodybuilding. Okay. Yeah. We didn't know it at the time. <laughs> it wasn't um, called that. <laughs> um, so we were doing a lot of that. Um, but he tried to get us into every sport that we could possibly play. So we played baseball, soccer, football, mm-hmm. uh, basketball. And those are pretty much the main ones. We gravitated more towards football whenever we were a little mm-hmm. younger playing um, peewee football. Mm-hmm. Um, and we played that all the way until sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's whenever we had our accident and um, we kind of got into CrossFit. Um, but while we were doing CrossFit, we were still in high school. Mm-hmm. So for the middle school and uh, the rest of middle school and the beginning of high school, uh, we gravitated more towards basketball. It was not nearly as much of contact as football is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that was kind of our main sport through high school until junior year. And, you know, then we started to compete in CrossFit as we got a little bigger. Okay. So you mentioned the accident and that was kind of your entry point into CrossFit. Um, so can you share with us some, just some details about how that happened? Yeah. And what yeah. So the whole about 10 like? years ago, um, we were actually hiking with a few friends and, uh, the place we were hiking at, it was, it was like right along a ledge and um, below the ledge was actually like a cliff, but like it was it was hard to tell at a point because yeah. it sloped down. And one of the girls that we were hiking with, she actually, it was like, it was March, it was March and like a lot of leaves were on the ground and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, as soon as you kind of, you know, if you step on like a leaf, it's, <laughs> it's not like yeah. ice and downhill. <laughs> yeah, it just, um, she kind of like just stepped at the wrong spot and kind of slipped and fell and um, she fell 75 feet down a cliff. Oh my God. And then me and Zach, were, I mean, we just kind of looked at each other and like, I mean, we have to do something like, yeah. we, I mean, we didn't know how high it was. So Saxon was the next one to go and he's, he's like, I'm going to try and find a way down. And um, he went down, slipped and fell. So, I mean, just seeing my brother and one of my friends just kind of laying face down at the bottom of a cliff, oh my I'm gosh. like, I have to go down and, and do something. I couldn't just sit there. And yeah. um, I went down and I too slipped and fell. So there were three of us down there. And that was just you three that were out hiking? Um, there or? were a few up top, okay. but like they were almost in shock and just didn't know what to do. Yeah. So Saxon and then the other girl we were with, they were both unconscious. Um, and as soon as I got down there, I, I was awake the whole time. And mm-hmm. um, as soon as I hit the bottom, I tried to get up and run over towards them. And mm-hmm. I get about halfway and about collapse. Oh and gosh. I looked at my leg and I saw like a big gap in, in my, uh, my femur and uh, a tree branch actually went in and impelled and oh my um, gosh. lifted my skin up. So I ended up pulling out my phone. We just got them. What was it? Probably... How old were you guys at this point? 12. 12. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So we Good just got, thing you got cell phones at <laughs> age we, 12. We actually just got them for Christmas and we were all over them. Um, and we were super excited. We were begging our parents for them and, you know, that ended up saving us. Oh you know, we were gosh. able to call 911. My brother was a cop at the time and, you know, he was able to use a GPS um, from Verizon to track us. But yeah, like Spence said, um, you know, he came down, I was unconscious and I just woke up and I see him starting to run towards me. And I just see his leg and it's just, oh. I could see his femur and totally just passed out. <laughs> oh my God. It was that bad. Um, but yeah, he ended up calling 911 and my mom was at home and 
911 called my house and said, hey, um, you know, you have your two sons, Saxon and Spencer, fell off of a cliff, mm -hmm. but we can't locate them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can imagine, like, what was going through my mom's head at the time. So my older brother, Stephen, um, ended up taking his car, and he was actually the first one to find us. Yeah. Um, so he went to the bottom of the cliff. So it was about 200 meters from, or I'm sorry, I'm thinking cross it, 200 meters. <laughs> <laughs> it was about 200 feet from the bottom, and you were able to climb it. And we were on a ledge, and then it was about 75 feet up from there, which was just a straight drop off. Wow. So we were lucky enough to land on that ledge, and he was able to climb up. And, um, you know, he made it there before the first responder. So he kind of helped us out until those guys got there. Um, and, you know, he actually ended up carrying the stoke baskets up to get us down. And uh, we ended up both being life lighted down to Pittsburgh. And we, I think we were in the hospital for like a week, two yeah, weeks. and kind of got homeschooled. But um, yeah, they, like you said, they like flighted us. But um, something that just, I mean, just like CrossFit, like just carrying odd objects frequently. And yeah. um, it was actually like a volunteer fire department. And um, a few of the guys couldn't carry the stuff up to us. They're like, that's, that's too far. <laughs> they said their wow. backs were hurting. And uh, not that I'm saying anything bad about that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that's something like, you know, CrossFit, I would love for that to be incorporated, you know, almost like a fitness test for all firefighters. Again, it was volunteer. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they said, hey, like my back's hurting. I can't carry this up. My brother is like, you know what? I'm going to take both of these up and carry them up. Yeah. And, uh, Good thing for all that body, functional bodybuilding <laughs> body from building. age eight. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were um, down to Children's Hospital in Pittsburgh for two weeks. And that happened in March. So um, we weren't able to go back to school. Um, I actually had a skull fracture. Um, and then a small brain bleed. Mm -hmm. And then, again, he hit his head, had a concussion as well, and then his leg. So he was in a wheelchair for a little bit. Did you uh, have a lot of surgeries during that time or anything? Um, I had a few, like, just, like, smaller surgeries. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of it was just kind of, like, they were, like, kind of, like, moving the muscle around yeah. just because I had, like, a big gap in, in my leg. And um, it was just, I mean, it took us about a year to fully recover and kind of get back and mm -hmm. walking and just moving around and kind of getting back into the groove of things. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. A huge, I mean, and at age 12, you're so young. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we were um, pretty much on house arrest yeah. <laughs> for um, six months. You know, we, we really weren't able to leave. Uh, we weren't even able to walk up the stairs. So we sat on the couch for, you know, three, four months. Mm -hmm. And uh, summer came around, and we were able to slowly start to get back into things. And our doctor said that, you know, we're not allowed to play any more contact sports. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were very passionate about football. Mm -hmm. um, all of my brothers played football in college, and, you know, that was something that we wanted to be able to do as well. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was kind of gone. So... My dad was actually training at the YMCA okay. with his buddy, and they were doing CrossFit. Oh. <laughs> um, and he's like, you know, I think this is something that will bring our family together, and it'll be great for me and Spence as well to kind of get our competitive edge back. And, mm -hmm. you know, sitting on the couch for four months isn't going to help us. Mm -hmm. So we actually joined CrossFit Pittsburgh, and okay. every morning in the summer at like 9 a.m., our whole family would pack up, and we would go down there and train together. And you know, Scott was training for football, so we were always, you know, running after him, trying to knock the football out of his hands <laughs> when we were running 400 meters. Uh, you know, he's wearing weight vest, and, uh, you know, we kind of pushed off of each other to mm -hmm. get better, and that's kind of how we got into that. That's amazing. Did you use it at all for rehab? I mean, I have to imagine you were doing physical therapy and all sorts of Yeah, so we did that, and, I mean, just not being able to do, like, contact sports, mm -hmm. and, I mean, CrossFit was just kind of starting to turn more into into a sport mm -hmm. then so uh, this was probably what 2008 or nine yeah or something? okay yeah so it was just kind of like i mean the games were around but like not a whole lot of people knew about them we yeah. didn't even know about it at the yeah, time we didn't know about it at the time and we just kind of started doing it and we, we just thought it was just like a fitness program and not a sport and then kind of down the road um in 2012 scott went back to school and he's like mm -hmm. i'm gonna do this thing called the open mm -hmm. and we're like oh okay like the open whatever yeah like we, we had no idea and he's like and i, I remember <laughs> that was the first time i met scott it was at crossfit cle and he came in and he was just like you know because he had done some of the open workouts he's like i just want to figure out like yeah. what's this all about and probably was, <laughs> yeah coming in with his headband um <laughs> just like you're like probably like who is this guy <laughs> But yeah, he so ended up he, coming out and he he won the seven minutes of burpees and we're like, wow, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> cool. <laughs> but and then he kind of he made the games that year and we're like, all right, we're gonna go out and watch it and like that was kind of like the big thing that inspired us and okay. kind of pushed us down that path to take CrossFit more as a sport. Yeah, it was okay. actually more regionals. Mm -hmm. um, 
he's like, hey, it's in Columbus. You know, it's kind of like 40 men are going to be working out. Mm-hmm. And the top five, I think it was top three at the time. And then they, they took the champion still. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was Rich and Graham. And I think they ended up taking five. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, the top three get to go to Carson, California. Mm-hmm. We're like, okay, let's get top five so we can get a vacation to California. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a good deal. Um, but, you know, we went to regionals and we just see these massive i i always like to call them great gods <laughs> <laughs> rich froning dan bailey and uh, scott and all these huge guys graham holmberg and we we're like these guys are snatching 265 like this is awesome yeah um, and that's kind of where we fell in love with that and um scott ended up punching a ticket to the games and we went to the games that year and i uh, just kind of fell in love with competing and the idea of it and mm-hmm. you know that was something that me and spence wanted to do but being so young at the time i think we were 14 14 yeah. 14 mm-hmm. yeah you know I'm, you looking, whale, at, I'm looking at these guys like hello <laughs> like i remember rich froning came up to me the second year i was like hi <laughs> <laughs> um and i was so excited but um you know we knew at the time we weren't on that level yet so scott and my dad kept pushing us like hey continue playing sports you mm-hmm. know like crossfit's always going to be there it's a great training tool mm-hmm. um so we ended up playing basketball for the next two years until junior year in high school and um at the time, Scott was the football coach at Mentor, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, you know, I think I want to step back from teaching, and I w- want to open up an affiliate, mm-hmm. and I remember him having the conversation with our family, and, you know, uh, me and Spencer loved CrossFit, and mm-hmm. we had all of our friends in Pittsburgh, but, you know, that was something that we knew we wanted to do, so we ended up making the decision to pick up and move out to Ohio, mm-hmm. and um, we transferred junior year, and we finished um, junior year and senior year at Mentor. And um, then we were helping Scott coach at the gym and kind of, um, you know, starting from scratch, we saw how to, a CrossFit affiliate is opened up and kind of yeah. the process of it. And, you know, we planned to open up a gym even from then. And, you know, we were writing things down and kind of learning the layout to things. Mm-hmm. And we spent the last five years kind of learning from Scott and my dad, mm-hmm. um, which kind of set us up here. Yeah, that's incredible. And that's a big decision to move. I mean, once you've grown up your whole life in one place and then move just for the last couple of years of high school, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely different. Like, I mean, it was just kind of like spur of the moment. Like, hey, guys, like we told our <laughs> friends, we're, we're moving out. <laughs> we're going to go to Ohio. And I mean, like we made the decision probably within a month and mm-hmm. we're like, we're going to go find a place. And um, and at that time, were all of your other siblings like they done with high school? They, they were, were all in college, okay. yeah. So it was just Saxon and I at home. Okay. And they were actually went to Mount Union, which is a little over an hour from here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't too, too far from them. Mm-hmm. But we're like, all right, we're going to move out and we're going to go do this and yeah. go to school. I mean, Scott had a few a few wins at Menor and yeah. was like kind of able to introduce us to like a few people out there so we weren't like the new kids mm-hmm. that's helpful <laughs> but we were scott's brothers yeah that's <laughs> right. what we were known as but um the school that we were at actually there was 200 kids in the whole school and then we went to mm-hmm. Menor, and i don't know how, how many they have like i think they graduated close to a little over a thousand wow, per so class. A big school yeah. so we were like went from like knowing everybody's name to like who are this? these people i don't even know my teacher's name <laughs> <laughs> wow okay and then once you kind of got here and started in ohio what was your schedule? I mean, were you still playing any sports in high yeah, school or were yeah. you training CrossFit so all the time? So we rest, Scott's like, I want you guys to wrestle. Like, I want you, like, it's an individual sport. Mm-hmm. We, we actually grew up, we, we played it for um, probably six to seven years as, as we were younger. And mm-hmm. um, through, like, middle school, we didn't do it. And then high school, we started doing it again. And um, we were just getting beat up a lot doing it. So we ended up just kind of inching off more into CrossFit and um that's I mean we just our schedule like just happened to match up perfectly our junior and senior year we got out at 12 every day so we were able to just go straight from school and (laughs) go in and train with Scott and just get after it that's awesome and what was that like or what is that like it seems like you guys have such a great training environment with we're all training together you're training for the games or competitions I think that's like super important to have just great people around you to train with mm-hmm. um, especially brothers you know you can be you can say whatever you need to say to each other and uh, <laughs> no feelings will be hurt but yeah. um, not just that but you know um, those two years junior and senior year again we were still like I think I weighed 150 pounds mm-hmm. um, and I wasn't ready to lift heavy loads so um what scott had us do we modified everything back you know mm-hmm. i don't even think i had muscle ups down at the time mm-hmm. and we just cut everything back and 
he said, I don't care how light you need to go, but I want you to kick my butt in every workout, um, which I think was probably... You guys, I'm sure we're happy to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime. And then we would stick it to him and we'd be like, yeah, we just beat you and get some. <laughs> so we'd talk a little smack. Again, we knew we were going a little lighter, but yeah. you know, I think that's the most important thing, especially for new people coming in that want to compete, that you know, it's not always about clicking the RX button in every workout. You know, It's about focusing on intensity. And I think, I, and even as we program, here I like to think of each workout has a purpose mm-hmm. and no matter who you are that purpose needs to be reached from everybody so and constantly mm-hmm. varied you know if you're coming in here RXing every single day you know you might be good the first two days of the week but slowly what happens is you know you might be living life up here and mm-hmm. then as you start to get through the rest of the week you slowly start to come down further and further and um, I think it's just super important to focus on scaling workouts and to keep that intensity and to keep that purpose in every workout and you know, that's kind of what we did those yeah. first two years. I think that's so important and highly underestimated by people. But Absolutely. Especially, I mean, for you guys starting so young, I think most a lot of people when they start CrossFit, they want to, you know, accelerate so mm-hmm. fast and then mm-hmm. be up here. But if we're going to do this for a whole lifetime, we have a plenty of time to get up to that level and, and really being smart about it, I think will take you a long way. Yeah. And, and what, I mean, one thing that I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll put a time up. I say beat this time and mm-hmm. we can go up next time. If mm-hmm. you don't beat it, then... You're going to stay yeah. right where I tell you to stay. <laughs> we get my own. Prove us wrong. <laughs> but we'll try and almost make it like a challenge for the people. Yeah. Um, just because, I mean, we just want to keep people safe and just moving and, mm-hmm. and, and feeling good. And I mean, I could tell I could tell somebody, I mean, I can have a, a grown man come in here and say, just just do the woman's weight. Mm-hmm. Do it do it all year. And then when the open comes, then if you want to RX it, that's fine. But yeah. mark my word, you're going to smash the open way more rather than coming in here RX and not hitting the time domains and um, like all, all the stimuluses that we, we want people to hit. And yeah. um, I, I think that's the biggest thing is just being able to come in and do that, hit, hit the times that, that we want you to hit. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then in the open, I mean, it's five weeks. If you want to RX it, that's the time to do it and mm-hmm. kind of see where you are. I love that strategy too, for using the time to say like, if you pass this test, great, then we can talk about going up and wait. Are there any other strategies that you use to try to, for the psychology of it with, when you're working with athletes about how to help them appropriately scale? So, um, we're super big on our programming, like I said, to have a purpose for everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing that we put a lot of emphasis on is, you know, I don't want anyone to ever leave the gym, you know, you're coming into the gym, it's an hour for you. Mm-hmm. It's stress relieving. You're supposed to leave here feeling good. And, you know, I never want someone to leave here feeling defeated, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, like it's a 225 deadlift. Like I need to go 225. Um, you know, I tell them a purpose. So, you know, say I have a workout and it's, I'm going to modify this down. Say it's <laughs> three rounds, mm-hmm. eight deadlifts, 10 toes to bar, um, 12 burpees. Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, I don't care about anything else, but I want you to pick a weight that's going to lie to keep those deadlifts unbroken. Mm-hmm. And that's the purpose for the day. And, you know, they leave here feeling good. Like, Hey, you know, I was able to accomplish that. And most likely they decide a weight that's going to be healthy. That might not be 225. And, mm-hmm. you know, they know, like if they put 225 on there and try and stay eight unbroken, that they're going to wreck themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try and make the decision up to them by giving them a purpose. Mm-hmm giving them some parameters to scale around. I like it. So over the past several years, when you're kind of learning from Scott and your dad and coaching it mentality, what are some of the most important things that you think you've learned about coaching that now you're bringing to your own gym? There's so many. <laughs> just, I don't want to say be blunt, but like, I mean, especially just kind of opening up a gym, like you set the standard out the gate. And mm-hmm. if you kind of let people come in and like Zach said, like just let them RX the workouts. And mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I mean, there's a few gyms out there that people will just let them come in and do that, but like, just make it seem like it's about them because it is. And like, I mean, what I've learned is that don't just give somebody an answer, mm-hmm. Get, like give them, give them a good response that explains why you said that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you know, you're correcting someone like it's easy for me to say like, hey, you know, you're doing a deadlift. Your stance is so wide, you know, bring your feet in, you know, Mm -hmm. we're telling them, hey, bring your feet in because whenever your feet are this wide, your knees are caving in. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, anytime we're correcting someone, we're giving them the reason why we're correcting them. And then that way they can be mindful of, you know, hey, like 
you know, he doesn't want me to do this. Or, mm-hmm. you know, um, I want you to keep your shoulders over top of the bar when you're deadlifting, because anytime your shoulders are over top of the bar, your back's frowning and you're putting a lot of strain in your mm-hmm. low back. Um, so we're like, you know, we want you to be healthy. And mm-hmm. they're like, Hey, like, you know, shoulders back, it's going to keep my back healthy. And, you yeah. know, I think, I really think that sticks with a lot of people rather than just giving them a cue, like, Hey, fix this, give them a reason. Almost, I love that. Yeah. Almost make it like that. They can, they can coach themselves. And that's our goal is for like when an athlete says, if, if they're doing a snatch and you're like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get that in my hips. Like that is like the best response that I can possibly mm-hmm. hear from somebody. It's like, all right. You're yeah. listening. Yeah, <laughs> yep. they know what they need to do. You're doing your job. That's awesome. And it, it shows that you care, right? It's like this coach cares about my well-being and that they don't want me to get injured. And they're, you know, really putting that um, reason behind it. So, yeah, I love it. Um, okay. And then you just recently, so it's been, you said six weeks since CrossFit Cliffside has been open. So how did you guys decide, first of all, that this was the right time to do it um, and that you this is what you wanted to yeah. do? Yeah, so um, this was always the goal, and um, you know, coming out here, we told Scott, and he's he he told us he's like, hey, get a journal. Mm-hmm. I want you to write down absolutely everything that I'm doing right, and then everything that I'm doing <laughs> wrong. And he goes, take everything that I did right, you know, take that, and then everything that I did wrong, figure out how to do it right, mm-hmm. and take that. Whenever you open up an affiliate, mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna be able to do well, and you're gonna kind of have an outline of you know, what it's going to be like and, mm-hmm. you know, what to expect. And, you know, I think that was the best advice he could have given us because, you know, we took absolutely everything, mm-hmm. wrote it down, and we exactly knew how to kind of approach this. Mm-hmm. And um, there were just little little things that we picked up on and we tweaked it a little bit and mm-hmm. um, we felt like it suited us best. But, you know, we couldn't have done it without either of them. Timing-wise, you know, we're 22 years old mm-hmm. as we're, you know, growing still, um, we want to be able to compete in CrossFit mm-hmm. and, you know, there was the whole change with CrossFit and the games yep. and we had no idea what was going to happen. So we thought it was a great time, you know, kind of like a transition year, not just, you know, our CrossFit games athletes mm-hmm. transitioning, but, you know, we're going to transition from being part-time coaches to, you know, full business owners. And, mm-hmm. you know, we took that, uh, I think it was from, October until December and within those few months we were able to open up our affiliate and you know get things rolling and you know we're 40 minutes from Scott we still actually live there Mm -hmm. Um, so we're lucky enough to be able to train with each other still when we can Um, and the timing just felt right you know Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like we knew pretty much everything we could with coaching Mm -hmm. and you know Scott was bringing new coaches in as well because you know, we were growing at CrossFit Mentality mm-hmm. um, where we were busting out of classes. So we were bringing coaches in, they were interning us and, you know, we're kind of like, hey, we're teaching these guys exactly, you know, mm-hmm. kind of our role as well. Um, and we're like, you know, like we, we know what we're, we're doing. we're ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good feeling. Um, I want to go back to, I'm going to get more into the gym too, but I want to go back to competing over the past several years. So you talked about what it's like training and how it's good to have your brothers training. I know you guys have also done some team competitions with the three of you. Mm-hmm. What is that like? It looks like so much it, fun. <laughs> the, the, the team stuff's way better. And I mean, really the training and leading up to it is like, I mean, the, the competition is, it, it just goes by so fast. And mm-hmm. when you look back, you're like, I mean, stuff's going to go wrong. And that's always the stuff that you remember, like Wadapalooza, like <laughs> Scott's trying to get me fired up. We're, we're getting ready to run up the a hill with a sandbag and, like you, you're only doing this one time. You got to run as hard as you can. <laughs> and like I, I start running and I come down the hill like not thinking, and like the weight pulls me down. Uh-huh. And then I pick it up and then Easy Muhammad comes in and just smacks me in the back with his sandbag. So <laughs> we have the we have the lead during this event. They're like, it's Spencer Panchik's the first one to the top of the hill, and I'm like, here he comes I'm, down I'm the hill. My job done. <laughs> He's coming down super fast, and like me, it's kind of like, yeah, we're on the stage, like so pumped up because we can't see, we can just hear, yeah. and we hear. Oh no, Panchik goes down. <laughs> oh no, he drops it again. Easy Mohammed hits him. Oh no. They're like, I think that was a friendly hit though. <laughs> and me and Scott are like, oh no, come on. <laughs> and we just see him like waddling with the sandbag. You know, the sandbag, it was a 200 pound sandbag and it's supposed to be on the shoulder. Yeah. And we just see him trotting with it, oh, you know, man. doing everything he can to get it to the finish yeah. line. But, you know, we now remember those are every the best detail. Stories. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it was the same, I think it was, no, the, it was the year, year after. Before. Saxon. I, I, I butched this. All right. I think we were, we were sitting in third and, um, I think we were like 10 points out from a podium spot at Wadapalooza. And the final workout was seven legless rope climbs, nine, or was, five squat cleans at 275, mm-hmm. and then 10 dumbbells, 
dumbbell squat snatches at 100 pounds and you had to have one athlete on each of those so you know i was the littlest one i was like 160 they're like listen you're the littlest you're the lightest you're climbing the rope i was like i, I don't know something's a lot <laughs> something's a lot so i'm like so nervous and like obviously scott was on the barbell he was the biggest and then spence had great mobility so we're like you're gonna do the squat snatches i was like all right i'm starting us off here yeah. and like i think they had us warm up for like yeah, 20 just minutes. kept getting delayed like a half hour uh, and because we, it we ended up being like two and a half, three hours. So we were just warming up and all right, oh, just keep, wor- keep wearing yourself out. So <laughs> yeah, Don't do too many rope glides. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm in the back. I'm like, all right, there's so much pressure on me. And I'm, I think I did 10 legless rope climbs in the warm-up area oh just God. because I was just so nervous. Yeah. And I think I was only like 17 at the time. And no one stopped me. These guys are warming up for themselves. <laughs> and we get out there and I'm like, they're firing me up. They're like slapping me on the back. They're like, all right, you got to, you got to get us a lead here. And I was like, okay. And I think Alex Smith was beside me and like, uh-huh. he's a gymnast. gymnast. He's pretty good. <laughs> so like he's beside me and I, um, it was a 15 foot rope. So they made us like start extended down here. So okay. it was realistically probably more like an 18 foot, um, lightless rope climb. Mm-hmm. So I get to, I think the first four reps and they're like, Panchik has the lead. And I see, I'm like right beside Alec and I'm like, a rope climbing a half ahead of him. And I'm like, I'm beating Alex Smith. Let's go. <laughs> and I get up to that last one and I go to hit and my judge goes, no rep. Uh, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is happening right now? <laughs> and they're like, hurry up, get back up there. And they're like, here's some chalk. I was we like, were like, okay. Holding the chalk bucket up. We're like just dumping it on his hands. <laughs> they're like, here you go. So I go up and I start climbing the rope and I get to the top and he's like, I didn't even touch. And he goes, no rep, your legs pinched. I was like, Oh my uh, gosh. So I'm, I'm like pretty close to the top and I'm just like, Oh, and just let it go and just came down on my back and they're like get up get up get up <laughs> so i'm like nine rope climbs deep legless rope climbs and like everybody's like totally off the ropes and it's just me just standing there uh, staring the at it rope and i'm like i'm looking at scott i'm like Wait. you gotta hold on to 275 touching. <laughs> <laughs> so i ended up getting it and um scott went touch and go Spence went touch and go at a hundred pound dumbbell squat snatch and then that was a separate squirt event and then of course after that it was triple grace yeah. at oh 115 gosh. so like my forearms are smoked and i'm the first one to go out there oh, and they're like all right we're all going 30 <laughs> so i get out there and i think i hit like seven reps and i'm like you guys are up come on you gotta hit 40 <laughs> uh, but like again like i'm telling this story and i remember every yeah. detail but you know events that we won or you know came close to the top like yeah those are those are really cool moments at the mm-hmm. time but you know you learn so much from that those uh failures and you know that's the stuff that will Stick last a lifetime yeah. oh that's amazing rope climbs they've gotten so many people it's just <laughs> oh it's such a fine balance <laughs> knock on wood they haven't come back and bit me in the butt good, after that good. i made sure i got you good at them. <laughs> although i didn't make them do it as soon as we got back oh, i was like you need to do seven gotta practice trying to give us a taste of his medicine <laughs> that's good and then i think last year at regionals that was the first time where all three of you were on the regionals floor mm-hmm. yeah what was that like that was awesome um, <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> minus minus the triple three, but um, just the kind of the way we went in there, we were all in like separate heats going in, and so it was just like I'm coming off the floor telling Saxon something, Saxon's oh, learning cool. from it, and Saxon's like Scott, do this, and I mean this kind of us feeding off of each other, and mm-hmm. um, kind of as the weekend went on, we were able to get like start getting in heats. It was like Saxon Scott in a heat, and then all three of us in a heat, mm-hmm. and just being on this, just just being on the floor at the same time is just. It's just awesome. You're just biking down. You're biking here. Everyone else is like, oh, this is miserable. I look down. I'm like, hey, Spence. This is fun. How's it going? <laughs> we got this. Oh, that's so awesome. And kind of cool. I always wondered if you guys ever game it a little bit to like say, okay, if I do this, then it'll like put one of my brothers in a better spot or something like that. Does uh, that ever happen? You know, and for the final event, it was the thruster one. And I think I was sitting in seventh and I was like, all right, Smith, you need to go out and you need to crush everybody. Yeah, he's like, Don't crush me. <laughs> crush everybody else but me. <laughs> um, but yeah, he ended up going out and he crushed everybody. <laughs> but, you know, leading into the um, regionals, it was really cool that you have three people that get to do the workouts. Yeah. So you learn so much from each other. And oh my um, gosh, yeah. not just that, but, you know, it's it's kind of like when one person gets their muscle up like if he was to get a muscle up and whenever he did get his muscle up i couldn't hit it i was like 
he hit one, I could hit one. So um, even in training, we were going over the handstand walk ramp, and I mean, we struggled with yeah. it. Yeah, that um, was tough. And as soon as he got over it, I got over it, Scott got over it, and it was just fluent. So, you know, we were able to kind of feed off of each other, but um, not just that. Going through the regional events, you have three people that get to do the workout, and, mm-hmm. you know, say we go through each one two times. Like You learn so much from each time. And, yeah, And we're all very different athletes. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I'll come out guns and blazing, Saxon Scott will pace it, and mm-hmm. but like, like just like at the hand CM one, like I came off and like I did really well, and it's just like if they see me do well, they know they're gonna do well, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's just like if he can do it, I can do it, and mm-hmm. we just kind of feed off of each other, even though we're very different athletes. Mm-hmm. If one does well, we're all gonna probably do well. Gives you a lot of confidence, especially because you know? we get to do the same programming, and we're like we all train the same. Like right. who's gonna crush it? We're gonna crush it. It, but it if he's gonna struggle, we're gonna struggle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's hard too. <laughs> that was the triple three this when year. When that happens. <laughs> Goodness. Um, you mentioned, you know, growing up in this super competitive environment, obviously you're all three kind of competing against each other every day. Um, what is it like? So obviously that last event was crazy. I was there watching. It gave me goosebumps, like thinking about it. It was just so cool. And then, you know, the announcement that you were able to go to the games with Scott and seeing you guys be so excited out there was super you know, it was very, um, very cool to watch. Yeah. Um, but I also am like very curious about what that was like for you, Spencer, because obviously you're so excited for your brothers, but then at the same time, I mean, it's only natural to think I've put in the same amount of work. Yeah. I do the same preparation. Yeah. Like why can't I go to, yeah. I mean, watching him make the games was like me making the games. Like I was like, I, f- I finished and like, I think there was two heats. I'm like, I gotta get out. I'm trying to get front row for this yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew they were right next to each other, but like, just, I mean, I mean, the feeling that I had just watching it and just knowing, like, all the hard work that they put in paying mm-hmm. off, like, I mean, I mean, that was hands down the best moment ever. And mm-hmm. um, would, I, would have I like to have been there? Absolutely. But, like, just seeing, like, all his hard work pay off. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, it was, it was awesome. It was I don't a, think I've ever feel a moment like that again. Yeah. It was <laughs> Come a off, very I'm cool like, moment. I'm crying. I'm like, stop crying. Why are you crying? I'm like, stop. <laughs> we're, we're men. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't cry. You cried. <laughs> so a little water in his eyes. <laughs> just a water. <laughs> got something stuck in but there. I mean seriously <laughs> like bump. Yeah. <laughs> chest bump yeah <laughs> but it's like you know something that you know we've been training so hard for um all year just I mean not all year I mean uh, the last for 10 so years, years you know yeah. just visualizing that uh, I mean it becoming a real- reality is just mm-hmm. like you know I felt like he was coming with us you know he went through the training with us and um you know he 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 works just as hard as anybody else if not harder than us <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'll get there. It's just time. I just don't, I'm a different athlete. Yeah. When he, when he gets there, he, this year, when he's there, he's making a statement. It's not going to be like, Hey, you know, I came in and I took 19th. That's, you know, I'm here and I'm here to compete. Yeah. They just like watching me just because I'll come out and they're like, oh, just come out and just hit it as hard as you can. <laughs> he's crazy. And just, just watching me die out. But. I think they get more enjoyment out of that. (laughs) We love watching Spencer, especially open workouts because it's like, I think there was a video of Jason Kalipa working out before and like, we call it like a zombie. Like he hits a barbell and he's like, just starts like waddling back. And like, we look at Spence and he's like doing snatches and like, looks like he's about to pass out, like eyes rolling in the back of his head. We call him like zombie mode. And we're like, this is awesome. (laughs) He's going hard. Oh, that's awesome. So now you you mentioned before that, change in format of the games after hearing that news what is your you know what were your thoughts what is your approach as you go into this season yeah it's a very different approach with like all these sanctioned events and um the biggest thing is is i think the programming um i I don't want to say it's not consistent Mm -hmm. across them all um but every every competition is very different Mm -hmm. i guess is the is the better way to put it in um, I think CrossFit's still kind of fine tuning mm-hmm. how that's supposed to work out, but um, I think I, I think just time, yeah. I think just time is is going to be the best way to do it. Um, I know a few people were upset with just the way a few of the ways that some of these events were being run, mm-hmm. but I think it's I think it's good for the sport and is a is a is a business owner mm-hmm. now. I I mean I kind of see that a little bit more, but yeah. I think more is is an athlete. I see it a little bit different. I'm like I, I mean it's still a sport like are the best people still going to get to the games? Like, I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, there's gonna be people that, that don't qualify that should be Our there. Amazing I think. Athletes, yeah. So I think, I think just time will tell. And I think they're going to work out the kinks as, as they get going. But, mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I guess it's, we'll see. It's so different though, because it's like, it's, it's just a complete 180 from what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what happens though is, I mean, I think it's a great idea and I think it gives athletes a lot more opportunity and it's, it's not nearly as stressful because you know, you have the open where it's like, I can't get sick. Like right, this is the only chance. Yeah. yeah. Like you're coughing in the gym, like go home, like, <laughs> don't come in here. And you're like, I need to stay healthy for these five weeks. And, um, you know, with the open, um, regionals in the games, if you, if you even make it that far, you're competing, I think like nine days out of 365, mm-hmm. you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and you know, you have to be healthy for all of those, but now this kind of gives those athletes the opportunity you know, to be able to go out to all these different competitions, like, hey, I didn't make it through the open. Like, there's still five more sanctioned events that I can mm-hmm. go to. Um, it's just a matter of finding that flow, to um, kind of timing with with mm-hmm. all the the events. And yeah, I know, like a lot of the. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing a few of them, but like mm-hmm. a lot of the online qualifiers are like back to back to back. So it's like right. you're doing like six week of open workouts. It feels like so it's just it's, it's really hard to kind of settle into a groove, and mm-hmm. you almost have to make it. I don't want to say there's no season. Yeah, there's yeah. no season. The year's the season. Yeah. yeah, and you just have to make those those qualifier workouts just a part of your training schedule mm-hmm. and um, being able to maintain your full fitness. And I and I kind of learned that the first week that I did. Mm-hmm. I'm like. It's not like the open where it's like, oh, I got to repeat this workout and this one and this mm-hmm. one. I mean, they're putting two to three workouts in a week and mm-hmm. you just kind of have to piece it into your schedule to maintain fit yeah. for, for the open when it comes up. Yeah, there's just so many different options and you can kind of design your season however you want to. Mm-hmm. And what's the right balance between training? When do you try to scale back? I mean, you could try to do one of these early qualifiers and then basically just have, focus on yeah. training, mm-hmm. you know, for the whole rest of the season. It's very different from before when you had your season very set out. Yeah. yeah. The times where you had to peak and then, you know, it was the, the same every yeah. single year. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, if, if you could make it out early, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> good for Those you. Those are the lucky ones. Right. <laughs> right. The Matt Frazier's of the world. Yeah. But I'm kind of hoping, um, and this is just a thought, you know, I always think like, oh, I wonder if they could do this, this, and this. But again, you know, whatever cards are dealt, you just, you got to play. But I think it would be really cool if they did this where, you know, they had, I don't want to say like regionals, but like pretty much like regionals, but you would call them a sanctioned event and Mm -hmm. um, have qualifiers for those. And anybody can go to those, you know, say you have four in the U S and, you know, some in different countries and Mm -hmm. anybody that wants to go through those qualifiers, you know, go and those, and those are spread out through the whole season or Mm -hmm. the whole year and you take the top 10. So say you have four Mm -hmm. of them, you know, I think it's, it would be a lot more competitive to take the top 10. I also think you're going to get a lot of great people there. Um, you know, whenever they split things into regions, Mm -hmm. I think things got very challenging and, um, I think there were some regions that, you know, anyone that finished in the top 10 in I just like to say the central, even the central oh, east or the central sure. regional, yeah. you know, I would say that's one of the more competitive regions, but you know, if you were to take anyone that finished in the top 10, nine, 10, even like 11 or 12, and you put them in another region, mm-hmm. you know, hands down, they're going to be top five. Um, and they would go to the games. And I, I wish that they would do that where, you know, they're taking the top 10 from like, just like four different ones and you have yeah. like top 40 people there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it takes a lot of stress off, um, a lot of For the athletes sure. because, you know, you get on to Wadapalooza, you're like, I have to win. You have yeah. to win, yeah. You know, if you have one bad event, you're like, oh, crap. Like, there's no coming back from that, even yeah. though, like, and that's just kind of in your head. Right. You know, just go win the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, I, think, I think with that, it would give um, the games just way more competitive. I mean, I think at the games, I mean, you can kind of see it that you'll see like kind of the top 20 and the bottom 20, and you're just kind of battling it out all weekend. You don't have that wild card that's bottom 20, sneak up and take a first and mm-hmm. just throw the whole, the whole, uh, the whole competition off. So, yeah. um, cause I, I'm still trying to figure out how they're going to do it, but I, I think they're going to, I want to say they're going to cut it down to top 10, I think as well, the weekend goes weekend, on. Yeah. That's what I've heard is that they're going to cut it down pretty quickly to, yeah. A lot fewer. But again, what happens with that is, you know, now you're only scoring against 10 people. So it's like, you know, whether you take fifth or 10th, you're only going to fall off and you're only going to be able to pull ahead so far. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it changes a lot of things. But these are just thoughts. Right. We're all speculating. Yeah. We're all going to see how it yeah. shakes out. For anyone listening. <laughs> I, think, I think they'll they'll figure out their flow. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have a strategy for this season? Are you trying to hit certain qualifiers? Or are you focusing on the open? Um, just I, have fun. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. The, the main goal is, is is the open. I think that's everyone's main goal. And mm-hmm. I mean, they don't have to leave. They can just stay at home and, mm-hmm. and do the qualifiers. But 
I mean, we're just having fun with the qualifiers and, and just kind of seeing where that takes us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, our main top goal is to take top 20 in the open and, mm-hmm. and yeah. get to the games. And, and I don't think it's like, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to set it up where like, Oh, like I'm going to this one because nobody's going to it. Like, you know, if that's the case, it's like, what are you showing up at the games for? Right. You know what I mean? If you're going to the games, like you're telling yourself you're one of the fittest mm-hmm. men or women on earth and, you know, go to, go to as many as you want and, right. you know, test yourself. The more you can put yourself out there, you know, the more you learn as an athlete and, you know, I learned a lot from Wadapalooza. I finished fifth down there. You know, I'm going to take that to another one and I'm going to take it through the open. You know, I want to get out there and try and do as many as I can and, you know, do them with Spence and, you know, just have a lot of fun. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So how do you approach training now? You mentioned you're incorporating a lot of qualifier workouts, but do you do your own, any of your own gyms programming? Do you guys do separate programming? How does that all work? Yeah. So for, for our programming, we tend to do the workouts a week in advance. Okay. Um, for the gym. Then, yeah, for the gym. Mm-hmm. And then we can kind of give the, the members a lot of feedback on it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, everybody will do a work. I'm like, ah, like my back got a little bit tight. Like mm-hmm. if somebody's somebody has like back issues or mm-hmm. shoulder issues, like this is high intensive on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's able to kind of help us give feedback to those people. Um, gives them a good time to main the head. And if you have that one person in there, it's like, I'm going to go to the games, beat that time. Yeah, <laughs> they have a goal. But, I mean, as athletes – um, you know, we train together, we do the same programming and then, um, he gets out here, he does the morning classes and then I do the evening classes. So okay. like we try and, um, train with, with Scott when we can. Um, and you know, we just share ideas We're like, Oh, we did this NASDAQ workout, <laughs> do it. And then I'll tell you my time. You tell me your time. <laughs> um, so, you know, we try and get together whenever we can, but, um, from training, just what I've taken from the games and, you know, what Spence observed, um, just from the programming from the games and even regionals, but I'd say more like the games the last two years, you know, we looked at most of the events were more like test, mm-hmm. you know, like 30 muscle ups, the CrossFit total mm-hmm. and nothing was like, you know, in training we're like doing a hundred chest of bar pull-ups or like, right. you know, 40 muscle ups, 40 muscle ups, 45 muscle, 50 muscle ups, mm-hmm. um, 60 hand clean, you know what I mean? Like more high, high volume, volume things. Um, you know, most of the things at the games were more test, low volume. And it was just like, who can put the pedal down and go. So, you know, we took that idea. We reevaluated how we were training, which was like that. And um, I think that's super important, especially mm-hmm. for how the games used to be. But, you know, they're evolving. And, you know, I, th- I almost think it's trying to be more of a spectator friendly mm-hmm. um, while being able to test fitness because, I mean, he's covering all aspects mm-hmm. hands down. Um, so we took that into account. And, you know, the last couple of months, the way we put our training was focusing more on like, hey, like, you know, kind of like I said for the gym, you know, every workout has a purpose. So mm-hmm. especially with him, you know, we're doing like three rounds of 15 muscle ups, our goals hold on to 15 muscle ups. Mm-hmm. And then if you move slow on the other things, that's totally fine. And then we have those days where it's like 15 muscle ups. All right, let's get it done as fast as we can. Mm-hmm. And like, you'd actually be really surprised that when you give yourself a reason for a workout, like, Hey, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to stay relaxed and not spike my heart rate. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be surprised at how often you can actually beat a score where you're like, all right, I'm going to put the throttle down and go. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, we kind of took that idea, ran with it down at Wadapalooza and that's how I trained all the way up, mm-hmm. ended up taking fifth. And there was some things like competing wise down there. I wish I could change, but you know, it's working. Mm-hmm. Um, we reevaluated and, you know, just kind of go from there. That's good. So do you guys do pretty much all of the same workouts? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and then train. is that also still the same as what Scott's doing or do you vary a little bit now that you're not training together yeah. as much? So he'll just kind of pop out maybe once or twice a week and, mm-hmm. and do it. And we just kind of feed off ideas, but like we do our own program and, and okay. he kind of does his, um, we all have strengths and weaknesses that we need to work on, but sure. it's usually him and I train in the afternoons yeah. and mm-hmm. Scott will pop out if he's in the area, maybe once or twice a week. And he won't do everything that we do. He'll mm-hmm. just kind of do kind of what fits into his training schedule. And if we go out there, we'll do what kind of fits in into our training schedule. But, um, Home field advantage. Yeah. Gets to pick the home turf. (laughs) (laughs) Home turf. That's great. But, um, you know, what we kind of figured out uh, just from training is like, and this is just any athletes out there, you know, you know your body best. You know what you enjoy doing. You Mm -hmm. know what you really don't enjoy doing. And um, I think it's super important to sometimes train by yourself and, you know, focus on those things where you're moving for quality and getting better at the things that you're not so great at. Um, Make those things. Mm Mm-hmm your best movement. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, we took a lot of time and you know, that was kind of Scott's advice. Like, you know, I struggled at deadlifts with deadlifts and then, you know, it showed every year at regionals the last couple of years. So, you know, I've been deadlifting every, every week, whether it was high volume, heavy and, um, you know, 
how we were training was like, we need to hit absolutely everything, which, you know, we try and do as often as we can, but, you know, we put more emphasis on things that we struggle with. For sure. Train those weaknesses. Mm. So since opening the gym, obviously you had your journal that you kept with all the things that, you know, Scott did right and things you wanted to improve on, but what were some of the biggest challenges? It's obviously different when you're doing it yourself for the first time. What were some of the biggest challenges or what would be some advice you'd give to other people being an affiliate? Um, it's a good question. I'd say, um, it's just stick, stick to who you are. And I mean, don't try and don't try and be something that you're not. And you see a lot of people that I don't want to say members will try and persuade them into being a lot more competitive and mm-hmm. almost trying to create like a bunch of games athletes. Like, is that cool? But like, yeah, but in reality, like, what is the percent of people making the games? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you just want to keep people healthy and fit and moving. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, don't be afraid to tell a member no and give them a good reason. Mm-hmm. Give them a good reason on, on why and just why you care about them. Mm-hmm. I love it. And then I'd say like challenge, like probably most challenging thing was, you know, getting in here and being, you need to be comfortable talking to people mm-hmm. that you don't know and being able to carry a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't always go into conversation and, you know, I always caught myself like wanting to talk about like what I did today. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, people come in here, it's all about building relationships, you know, ask people how their days were and, you know, be able to put yourself in uncomfortable situations. Um, growing up and even through high school and, you know, as I started coaching at Scott's gym, uh, I was so nervous just to speak in front of anybody oh, or yeah, big, big classes deal. and I would always mumble and start stuttering and I'd just get super nervous. Um, but you know, I learned to put myself in the most uncomfortable situations and then figure, figure a way to get out of it and, mm-hmm. you know, make it more comfortable. And, um, I, I feel like that really helped, um, uh, being able to do that through his gym. And, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of taught me everything. He was a teacher and was always speaking in front of classes and kind of, and so was my dad and mm-hmm. pretty much everyone in my family <laughs> was, um, health and PE teachers. Um, <laughs> but you know, they kind of taught us those skills of, you know, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable and, you know, how to speak in public. We took some speech classes in high school and, um, yeah, you know, get comfortable speaking. <laughs> That's very true. Don't be afraid of silence. (laughs) Yes, right. It goes a long way. Very true. And how do you guys kind of, you mentioned how, I can't remember who, but one of you does morning, one of you does evening classes, but how else do you divide the sort of work or responsibilities for running a gym? Yeah, how do we divide the the classes? (laughs) I'm sure you're still figuring it out. (laughs) So we had a good trade-off. Spencer does the morning classes, (laughs) then I'll do everything else. (laughs) So neither of you are morning people, it sounds like. Not that we're not morning people. We live about just a little under an hour away, so like trying to make it out here for the 5.30 and getting up at like 3.30 and then... Not he's, that I get tired after class, but Saxon's like coming in all energized, rolling out of bed. Let's, let's, let's work out. Let's work out. Let's do something. I'm like, I'm tired, man. But I'm um, a good hype man. I get him going. <laughs> Once you get into a groove and then just the members in here, like when you, when you see someone come in and they just have the biggest smile on their face and they're just excited, like you're doing it for them, not yeah. you. Like if you have to get up early, whoop-de-doo, mm-hmm. you know. Go to bed early. Yeah, <laughs> go to bed early and come in and just – make sure you're enjoying what you're doing. Yeah. But I mean, we have, we had a great team, um, getting things started. My dad, um, had a gym in Pittsburgh. Scott Mm -hmm. opened up a gym and, um, my mom kind of helped with, you know, getting things started. So, um, she actually had a knee replacement right when we opened up our gym. So she was off, um, work for like two months. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we were lucky enough to have her kind of get out here and, you know, the stuff on the computer, I'm not even good on a computer as it is. And she was lucky enough to be able to help us get that started. Um, but you know, me and Spence do most of the classes. Um, Tommy Shado, who was a CrossFit teen, mm-hmm. um, he's now 19 years old now, 18, 18, 19. 19. He's 19. Um, he's kind of interning us and, you know, we're trying to like turn him into a great coach and we want to be able to give him the same opportunity that we had, you know, mm-hmm. he plans to open up an affiliate one day. Um, so, you know, we're kind of teaching him, get a notebook, ways, get a notebook <laughs> get a write notebook. everything down. Uh, Pay it forward. Yeah. And then my girlfriend comes in in the evening and she helps mm-hmm. kind of run the desk and the billing and everything. So, you know, we have a great team that makes life easy for both of us where, you know, we can get into class and be fired up and, mm-hmm. you know, get everyone else fired up. And, you know, we set the tone for the classes. You know, if you come in here and you're mopey and doing the morning class, you're like, mm-hmm. all right, guys, it's cold. Let's, <laughs> let's get rolling. <laughs> you know, you got to come in here fired up. And, you know, like I said, you set that tone. It's so true. It makes all the difference. That's awesome. So what are your long-term goals for the gym and for your 
community here. Yeah, so our goal is, I mean, we want to grow the space as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's already big, I think. But <laughs> our, our goal is to, uh, is to be able to just get Ohio fit. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love it. Um, That's awesome. It's all cold up here. But <laughs> our goal is to be able to open up multiple gyms and just kind of bring people on and just kind of groom them into mm-hmm. similar coaches and just be able to kind of branch out, mm-hmm. branch out our gym eventually. I like I to think, it. you know, I feel I, I like to think of it as my life goal is to change as many people's lives as I can, whether that's through fitness, you know, I, I absolutely love what I do in here and being able to change people's lives. But, you know, even just conversations, you know, anyone listening to this, I hope they pick something up and they can mm-hmm. go put it in their daily life. But, you know, anyone that I come in contact with and I have the opportunity to talk to, you know, I want to get to know them and, you know, I'm hoping in some way I can change their life and make things better for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. A hundred percent. I love it. I love it. Well, I want to start wrapping up. So there's three questions that I ask everyone on the podcast. The first one is three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Yeah. So I write my goals down every morning. Oh, I love it. I'll get up and um, just kind of make that a... At 3.30 in the morning. Yeah, 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> so I'll eat breakfast and as I'm eating breakfast, I'll kind of write that, write my goals and, okay. and do that. Um, and are they goals like for that day? Like yeah, so specific I'll do... I, I have, um, so I have a list of power goals. So I'll write down five okay. power goals of what I want to get done for the day. And then I'll do like 10 like long-term goals and okay. kind of where I see myself going over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's the number one thing that I do. And um, the second one is just make sure I'm having fun and having a smile on my face mm-hmm. and um, just know that I'm in here and just doing it for the right reasons. And then just staying fit and just making sure that I make time for myself mm-hmm. and um, being able to grow myself as an athlete and, and just being healthy. I love it. And that's hard to do. I think you see so often when people go and open an affiliate, sometimes their own fitness falls to the back burner because you're so focused on your Absolutely. athlete. So it's awesome that you yeah. guys are still making we want that somebody, We want them to be able to look up to somebody and be like, ah, oh, they're running the gym and being yeah. able to stay fit and be competitive. Awesome. You gave me a lot of time to think here. <laughs> All right. So put it on me first. <laughs> I start every morning by making my bed. Um, you know, I just think that it's one way to start your day, you know, one being clean, you know, you're organized, you, yep. you're ready to start today being smooth. You know, you get out of bed and whether you roll out and you don't make it, <laughs> it's <you> know, 3.30. <laughs> that's an exception. But, you know, I wake up every morning. That's the first thing I do. I make my bed and, you know, it kind of gives me a clean start. I feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing, and I just recently started working on this is meditating a little more. Oh. Um, so I try and set myself aside 15 minutes each day mm-hmm. to meditate and, you know, kind of focus on what I want in life mm-hmm. and you know where my life's going and you know kind of like me time whether that's meditating or reading mm-hmm. um, do you use a specific meditation app or a yeah, type um, of meditation yeah so i'm gonna it's um i'm gonna read it to you for anyone <laughs> um so it's called getting in the vortex and oh. it is jerry hicks and okay. um abraham what is his name abraham someone I don't know. okay we'll look it up we'll link it to the um, but i'm working with a guy and um He's like super into that. And he's okay. just saying like how this can really change your life. And um, he's kind of like, I don't want to say my mental coach, but you know, he's definitely helping my mental game strong and kind of like figuring out like who we are as people and you know, what our purpose is. That's um, so awesome that you're doing that at age 22. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I knew earlier, <laughs> but you know, like just kind of giving you that positive mindset and, you know, mm-hmm. figure out what you want. Yeah. Um, so that would probably be the second thing. And then the third thing is, you know, having a smile every single day I come in here, whether that's training or, you know, coaching a class. If I see Spence is having a bad day, you know, hold a smile in. for two minutes. Yeah, that's what we, we have <laughs> a roll. Flip it around. A, a minute to two minutes. Um, before I work out, you know, if we're like, I don't want to do this work on this, uh-huh. suck. You know, I'm like, hey, you got to hold a smile for a minute. We're going to start the clock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good one. And it just kind of brightens the mood. Like, yeah. you, no matter how upset he is, it just makes it like, awkward. So it's just funny, anyways. It's like, <laughs> then oh, you start I'm laughing. So <laughs> exactly. It's like, I don't want to hold a smile. You better hold a smile. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love that. Uh, so yeah, Makes you know, our biggest thing is have fun in here and, you know, have fun with your training and yeah. don't take yourself too serious. You know, that leads to just burning out, whether, you know, you want to compete or, you know, you're just in here every day. Like, you know, it's not about clicking the RX button. It's about, you know, coming in, having fun and leaving with a smile on your face. Love it. All right. What about one thing that you think would have a big impact on your health, but you have a hard time implementing it or you haven't gotten there quite yet? Um, for me, it would be sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just because... <laughs> I'm seeing a theme here. <laughs> 
<laughs> only, Maybe your brother needs to help you out with those morning classes. <laughs> I, the only problem I do Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem is, is because we, we're so new to opening up and yeah. we have so many members coming in the evening and I just want to meet everybody mm. and I don't want to be that coach that just does the morning and then I have somebody. You don't know half the people here. Yeah. yeah. So I want to be able to meet everybody as they come in and say, uh, like, like greet somebody with a smile yeah. as they come in that doesn't normally come in in the morning. So yeah. probably sleep and making time for myself. Usually in the evening, if I'm in here, I'll want to Netflix when I get home mm-hmm. and kind of chill out for maybe an hour or two hours before bed. So mm-hmm. I find myself not getting as much sleep as I should. Mine's probably eating. <laughs> I love sugar. I love sweets. I love cake. I love it all. <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right. Actually, we didn't really talk about that, but do you guys follow any specific nutrition plan or approach for um, training? I really don't. I just, I'm burning so many calories during mm-hmm. the day and just breathing just because I'm getting up early <laughs> get my metabolism going a little bit early yeah. so I don't I, I don't really stick to a whole lot of, as long as I'm just keeping my, I usually keep my core meals pretty healthy like mm-hmm. chicken, rice, sweet potatoes all that fun stuff I, <laughs> I do I actually got a coach that's helped me um, oh, consistency breeds growth um, and they've been helping me out on my diet you know I noticed that the last two years you know I was going into re- it was actually the first year I went into regionals and I was, it was 2015. I, I was like, I think I just turned 18 or I was about to turn 18 and I was like 150. And it was before the first event and I had like pancakes and sausage and like just, <laughs> just this big plate. I have a picture of it. And I'm like, Haha, like we got heavy deadlifts today. I need to eat everything. And you know, but um, even throughout those last couple of years, you know, I was always treating myself as often as I could getting donuts and stuff. And um, so they actually helped me clean my diet up a little bit and, Good. you know, told me when to eat, how much to eat. So that's definitely been helping. Nice. Love it. Um, all right. Last question is what does a healthy life look like to you? A healthy life. I mean, coming in and loving, loving to be fit, mm-hmm. like loving life, lo- living life, and loving <laughs> life, loving life <laughs> with a smile on your face. I think as long as you have a smile on your face, you know, you're, you're, you're living life and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah. But just making sure that like, if you're coming in here, you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for anybody else. And, yeah. um, just do everything for you. Like, what is your purpose of working out? And we have a goal board in here and first thing I do anytime somebody signs up is I make them get a goal and it might just be being able to pick up your grandkids or hitting a 95 pound snatch or I mean it could be absolutely anything running a marathon but like just (laughs) just 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 have your reason of why you want to work out and enjoy the process I love that it's so important to attach a, a goal that's that's bigger than just what you can do in the gym absolutely Anything you want to add? Mine was just have a smile, smile on your face. I love you it. Smile and you're good to go. I think that's perfect. I think that's perfect. It's a good note to end on. It makes sense why you guys are always smiling so much. <laughs> it's probably because he keeps putting me on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> he goes like this. <laughs> you want to answer that one first? <laughs> Gives me time to process. <laughs> it's good. It's teamwork. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for sitting down with me. Best of luck here with your you. gym you. and with competing. And excited to see where you guys go from here. Cool. Absolutely. Thanks, thanks for having you. us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I loved getting to know the Panchik brothers a little bit better, and there were a bunch of important takeaways that I had from our conversation. The first that comes to mind is on the importance of preserving the purpose of a particular workout, even if it means not going quote-unquote arrexed. This is something that I've been struggling a lot with in my own training, as I used to be at a much higher level back when I was competing in the CrossFit Games. And now, when I see a workout... I always want to do the RX weight, even if that's not the most appropriate for me at that time. I'm going to challenge myself to take a look at the workouts that I'm doing this week and really choose a weight that allows me to preserve the stimulus of the workout, even if it's less than the RX weight. The second lesson that I learned from the Panchik Brothers was on the value of preserving fun in training and in life. I loved Spencer and Saxon's trick of turning on a timer and making each other hold a smile for a minute when they're not in the best mood. I think this is such a fun way to break a bad mood, and I'm going to try it with my own family and friends this week. The third lesson that I learned from this conversation was on the importance of family and of paying it forward to the next generation. I loved how Scott and his dad have served as mentors for Saxon and Spencer, both as athletes and as coaches, now helping them transition to affiliate owners. I hope to one day raise my own family that's this tight-knit and supportive of each other. 
So what lessons did you learn from this conversation? Let me know by commenting on this post on my website, juliefouchet.com slash podcast or on social media using hashtag pursuing health. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouchet.com and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at juliefouchet.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouchet.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. This episode is brought to you by Thrive Market. If you listened to my last episode with Dr. Bergman, you've already heard about this company that's made my life significantly easier. So have you tried it out yet? Thrive Market is an online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. It allows you to shop for thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products, always at 25 to 50% below retail prices. But as a Pursuing Health listener, you'll receive an additional 25% off your first purchase, plus a free 30-day trial if you visit www.thrivemarket.com forward slash ph. My husband, Danny, and I have been ordering from Thrive Market for years, and it's helped us to maximize our efficiency with grocery shopping and meal prep, even in the midst of our busy schedules with medical training. Through Thrive Market, we can shop for all of our staple grocery items, things like nut butters, cooking oils, snacks, dressings, coffee and tea, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, non-toxic beauty products, and even more. And we know they're coming from a curated list of products we can trust. Just last week, I ran out of my favorite Thrive Market branded cacao powder, which I've been using all the time to add to coffee drinks or nut butter with some frozen fruit for a chocolatey treat without all the sugar. So whether you're looking for paleo, vegan, ketogenic, gluten-free, non-GMO, sustainably farmed, fair trade certified, or any of 80 plus other types of products, you can find whatever you're looking for on the Thrive Market platform at prices 25 to 50% below retail. Even better, they ship these items directly to your doorstep so you don't have to worry about the time or hassle of grocery shopping. Thrive Market's mission is to make healthy living easy and approachable to everyone, and this aligns perfectly with my own personal mission as well as that of pursuing health. So because it's been such a lifesaver for me, I want to share the benefits of Thrive Market with all of you, and they've responded with an amazing offer. You can head to thrivemarket.com forward slash ph to again receive 25 percent off your first purchase plus a free 30-day trial. Again, this is on top of their already reduced prices. So why not try it out and do your grocery shopping from home this week? I hope you can take advantage of this offer and enjoy their service as much as I have. Once again, that's thrivemarket.com forward slash ph to learn more. No discount code is necessary. Just shop around and the discount will be applied at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Siete Foods. You know, when you meet a group of people who are just so genuine that you can't help but treat them like old friends or family? Well, that's how I felt when meeting the Garza family, the founders of Siete Foods. Siete is a healthy Mexican-American food brand that makes grain-free and paleo-friendly tortillas and tortilla chips, as well as quesos and hot sauce. My husband and his family first met the Garzas at Paleo FX several years ago, and they had an instant connection, and we've kept in touch ever since. Maybe it's their powerful origin story that makes them so relatable. Veronica Garza was facing a series of major health challenges as a teenager, and her entire family of seven jumped on board to help. Together, they adopted a low-inflammation, grain-free diet. But as a Mexican-American family living in South Texas, they couldn't imagine life without tortillas, and it wasn't long before Veronica came up with a delicious solution and Siete Foods was born. After years of enjoying their delicious, grain-free, dairy-free, and paleo-friendly tortillas, tortilla chips, queso, and hot sauces, I finally had the chance to meet the Garzas in person, and they immediately made me feel like a member of the family. Their passion for making the world a healthier place is contagious, and their generosity spreads to everyone they touch. I'm so excited to have Siete Foods as a sponsor of this episode, and if you're not already a fan of their products, I promise you will be after you try them. You can purchase Siete products online and in stores across the U.S. They've provided an exclusive discount code for Pursuing Health listeners. 
Just use the code JULIE19 to receive 10% off any online order. Again, their website is sietefoods.com. That's S-I-E-T-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. And you can use code JULIE19 for 10% off. 